Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Welcome to Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this afternoon, and you are in for a real treat. Joining us today on the broadcast with Nelson Elder Care Law is the man himself, Mr. Josh Nelson. Welcome to the show, man. Oh, thank you, Steph, for having me. I definitely appreciate being on here. You got a great program. Well, we are delighted to have you, and I already shared with you off air uh, my affinity for the whole Woodstock area. Uh, tell us a little bit as we get started, mission and purpose of, of your practice. What, what are you all out there trying to do for folks? I think the biggest part of what we do is really education, letting people know that there's options out there whenever they do have to plan for something as far as like a care event, you know, whether or not it's your spouse or your parents that are getting through with something where they can't live at home safely anymore. Or they've had a fall and you're just trying to figure out how do I do this in a well-planned out way as well as make sure that the financial side of it is taken care of. Unfortunately, a lot of it comes down to money whenever we start talking about how much care somebody gets. And we help families make sure that they have that full legal protection as well as qualifying for a lot of those extra services that people just don't even know exist till they come in and talk with us. So, yeah, talk to me a little bit about timing. When should an individual or a couple start having this kind of conversation with you or somebody on your team? Well, I'll tell you, I think we did ourselves a big disservice whenever we picked our firm name. So Nelson Elder Care Law makes it sound that we work just with old people. And although I do have six clients over a hundred, four of them still try and tell me they aren't elder. <laughs> so it's a big misnomer out there, but that's just the type of law we do. It's like estate planning, but it focuses more on making sure that people have the legal protections in place during their lifetime. And that if something happens where they do have future creditors like medical costs, they don't go broke. And so that always comes up with the question of when do I do this? It's probably not at 18 and it's probably not at 35 either, but when do we do it? And the short answer is five years and a day before you get sick. But because we don't have a crystal ball to know when that is, <laughs> you need to start thinking about it whenever you start thinking about retirement serious. So whenever you start talking about 50s through 60s, you need to think about it pretty serious. If you're in your 70s or 80s, we definitely need to talk. And estate planning. I, I mean, that that entire domain surely has is consistently changing and maybe even more so while we've uh, for those of you who are listening after the fact and not listening live. Josh and I are having this conversation right smack dab in the middle of the whole pandemic thing. We're several days after the uh, Trump Biden uh, presidential election. So we're neck deep in this pandemic. So the question I was about to ask is. Um, you know, are there some some differences, some nuances because of of, of those forces in, in your work? Absolutely. I mean, I think 2020 has been a unique year for everyone. Governor Kemp has actually really stepped up for the Georgia contingency and been able to say, let's do this in a safe way. Um a lot of people don't realize that even though you probably can't go visit your family if they're in an assisted living or a hospital or a nursing home, the attorney can. And so I can get in anywhere and get done what we need to get done just because that is the kind of authority that's given towards attorneys whenever we deal with these things. It's the kind of thing where a lot of people do put this off until 
they get a diagnosis of COVID or even outside of COVID right now, a lot of people are still having the same kind of ailments that they would have in 2019, falls, strokes, heart attacks, things like that, that really open their eyes to how we need to plan for the future and these kind of curveballs of life. And they're just more exacerbated whenever we don't have that ability to come and go as we please from a lot of these places. So if you get put under quarantine for 14 days or you're in the hospital or rehab because of a fall, does somebody have the ability to make sure that outside of those walls, things are getting taken care of for you? And that's what we help with. Well, you're absolutely right. Um, I had no idea about this uh, access that you're speaking of. It didn't even occur to me. It makes all the sense in the world in retrospect now that you've laid it out. I'm glad that that's the that's the case. But no, I didn't I didn't realize it at all. So let's back up a little bit. What is the backstory? How did you choose law land here? What what did that path look like for you? Well, it was definitely a winding roadstone. And so I've (laughs) always wanted to be a lawyer, but I got my start in tax law. And so I really, really liked fighting the IRS. Um, I helped people go against the IRS whenever it was uh, usually wrongful claims. A lot of times people don't realize how big a creditor the IRS is. They're one of the few people that can just come in even without a court order and take money out of your bank account. Wow, And so I really loved doing that kind of work. And my mom started the practice of Nelson Elder Care Law. And she started working with some people that had been given some really, really bad advice on how to qualify for veterans benefits or qualify for Medicaid um, in relation to what they call qualified funds, like your 401k, your IRA, money that you haven't paid income tax on yet. And so she asked me to come in and just look at some people's stuff. And I'll tell you, I was really just blown away. I've always loved World War II aviation. And I'm sitting there across from a pilot that used to fly P-51s, which is like this amazing plane from World War II. And I start sitting down and talking to this guy. And he's just giving me the best stories I've ever heard. And his son's blown away, too, because his son didn't even know this. And there were only Mm -hmm. about 17,000 of these planes that ever existed. So there aren't a whole lot of pilots for them. And right here in Woodstock, we have some. And so that's really cool. It really made me think, you know, okay, let's look at this a little more serious. Originally, I never thought that I'd work with family. You know, there's some dynamics that come with that. But that was over six years ago now. And me and Cindy have been doing really well ever since. Um, You know, started with that one family uh, kind of getting me in. And I found out that I really love working with veterans. Uh, Fighting the VA to help get benefits is very similar to fighting the IRS. It's sort of like (laughs) David versus Goliath problem. The VA has a lot of really great programs for veterans that most of them don't know about. And so we help people qualify for those. And it's just kind of been the most rewarding thing I could ever imagine doing. Uh, Watching the relief and the stress come off of a caregiver's shoulder, whether that be a spouse or a child, knowing that they're going to be okay and that their loved one can get the care that they need is just like the best reward you can ever feel. Well, it must be incredibly rewarding work and I'm sure very challenging work. How does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a business like yours, a practice like like yours? And I ask because, man, I, I, I can only imagine the level of trust that must have to be in place for people to uh, to engage you to take care of these kinds of things. Absolutely, Stone. And I want to be clear, what we're talking about doing isn't the cheapest legal work either. So we all know attorneys mm-hmm. are expensive. Right. And 
we definitely fall into that category as well. But it's the value we provide that makes a big difference. So just earlier today, um, I had a client who did pay me a couple thousand dollars. But what we were able to do for that is protect her $300,000 home from any kind of going through probate, any kind of future creditors. And for her husband, who needs a lot of care right now, he's paying over $6,000 a month for care. And she was really worried that they were going to lose their house because of it. And so a big part of our marketing is being able to deliver on value. But our sales and marketing process in general relies a lot on trust. We aren't a super high volume firm. We have a very family feel. Whenever you come in and meet with us, we're not just talking with you about the legal stuff. We're getting to know you as a client. Um, we're going to talk about how you met your spouse. We're going to talk about the values that you want to instill in your kids. We're going to talk about things that were important to you while you were growing up. Because ultimately, what we're really talking about is your story and how we make sure that story, your life story, is conveyed to your family. And it's not just stuff or not just money that we're transferring and protecting for them, but really your legacy. And I know that term gets overused a lot, but that's what we're trying to do. Uh, well, I guess I would say it sounds much more relationship-oriented, relationship-based, maybe even relationship-dependent than I anticipated. This, this is not a transactional business at all, is it? No, it's really not. Now, if you just want a simple will or something like that, that is kind of a more commodity-type service. Um, you know, a will is a will. But what we try and do is really make sure that people have the education, Um to know that there's better options out there than just a will, to know that there's options out there to make sure that if something happens to you during your lifetime, you're taken care of, not just whenever you pass. And a lot of our marketing is actually done by our past clients. Over <laughs> 30 to 33% of our current clients each month come from past clients. And the reason for that is just word of mouth. You know, we still pick up a good 60% of our new clients from traditional marketing, uh, presentations, seminars, going through Facebook ads, just making sure people know about us. But it's amazing to me how if we get a client, we treat them right, and we really build that relationship with them, uh, they'll go tell three or four of their friends. And usually that just opens the door for at least a conversation. We let everybody come in and talk with us for our sales process for a free counseling session where we allot 90 minutes to go over whatever you want to talk about. And that's really huge for our clients because a lot of times they're mm. afraid of going and seeing an attorney and especially paying a consult fee, not even knowing if we can help. And one of the big pillars of our firm has always been, we don't want to charge anybody unless we're providing a lot of value. And so by the time that anybody pays us anything, first, we charge flat rate fees. So there's no hourly retainers or anything. Those surprise kind of gotcha bills later on. But also the fact that we know we can help you and provide value has been something that we really hang our brand on. Uh, there's a couple of things that just struck me uh, during this part of the conversation. One is um, doing good work is a marvelous sales tool, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> it is. It really is. I think sometimes people uh, like to think of that, but they forget it a little bit. But if you do a great job, it, it does take care of itself in some ways. It, well, and it turns out genuinely helping people can be a very uh, lucrative business. So, so, that, so that's encouraging. But what that prompted for me is I got to thinking about one of my favorite subjects, me, uh, <laughs> and, and my life's work, right? Uh, my business partner, Lee Cantor, and I, we've put a lot of, of energy and effort in building up, building out the Business Radio X network. 
And I guess my wife, Holly, and I, we've talked about estate planning. We've tried to, to make some of the right moves with regard to um, long-term care planning. But, you know, a topic that I haven't really put any energy in, and maybe this is the, one of the things, you know, we should be talking to, to, to you guys about, is, is, is are there any are there some things we should be exploring in terms of protecting my life's work? I mean, I've poured my heart and soul into this business radio X business. It really is. And Stone, I think that this is scary for a lot of your listeners. I know that a lot of your listeners probably run their own LLCs or even Mm -hmm. corporations or, you know, they kind of registered with the state, got things going and then just figured, well, if something happens to me, then, you know, she can come in and handle it. Or maybe my partner will buy her out. Um, And that's a pretty bad plan just to be upfront with you, just because, A lot of times your partner isn't in a cash flow position. We've had a lot of people that we've worked with this year that are coming in because COVID took a big hit on their business. And they're looking to see, you know, rather than just walk away, what's marketable here? How do I still have something that comes out of this? But also just working on like a succession plan. You know, you're the voice of this. You know, if something happens to Stone, what does Business Radio X look like? And I think that you guys have built that out a little bit. But just coming up with a plan to make sure that whatever value is there uh, is transferable and that it can do so without having to go through a crazy court process. Because if we lose you and then we have this whole nine-month process of transfer and stuff, any business is going to take a big hit. So uh, this is true confession time uh, for Cherokee Business Radio. I don't have my camera on. I have the camera where I can see you. But if I did have my video camera on during the course of this interview, you would see right behind me a stack of six folders, and they are yet to be notarized, yet to be signed off on. Uh, Do-it-yourself, homemade version of paying a little bit of money to write up something as, a, um, you know, for the, I don't even remember the categories, but one is like a will and yeah. the other one is like a healthcare directive kind of thing. And I don't know what the other two are for each of us. Um, in talking with you, I think I'm glad we did that. And I think I do want to get them all, you know, put to bed properly. Um, but then I'm thinking, and then I just want to use that to walk into the office with you and say, okay, here's some of what we thought we wanted to do. Now help us do it right. (laughs) Yeah. I want to be clear. A lot of attorneys have this big phobia of like online forms or like the statutory documents, like the Georgia legislature gives out a power of attorney and an advanced rental for healthcare for free to everybody that just wants it. And so those aren't bad tools. They aren't individualized to you. They're just boilerplate, but it's a lot better than having nothing. And so the first thing I tell you, Stone, is first execute what you have sitting behind you, right? <laughs> okay. You can do that by running to the UPS store this afternoon and getting that knocked out. Then let's sit down and make an appointment and really go over it. I'm not the kind of person that's offended by somebody that wants to you know, maximize their dollar by doing what they can do by themselves, but then coming to the professionals for that extra little tweak. And you can save yourself some money by doing it that way. You know, we do a lot of things very different than a lot of law firms do. It's not the fill out worksheets come in here. We really sit down and get to know you and what you're trying to accomplish. And so if you already have some of those tools created, maybe we just come in and do a little bit with your business plan. Or maybe we come in and do a little bit with making sure that you still avoid probate or You know, a lot of it is just making sure that whenever stuff goes to your family, it doesn't go in a way that doesn't carry out your wishes. You know, one of my favorite plans we've ever done is a gentleman who 
didn't have children of his own, but he was really thrifty. He was so thrifty that he would go read the newspaper under the street lamp so that his electric bill wasn't higher. <laughs> wow. uh, most people would call it cheap. I'm going to call him thrifty because he's a nice <laughs> guy. But whenever he was going to give his inheritance out, he saved quite a bit of money. And rather than just give it all equally to his nieces and nephews, we came up with one of my favorite plans, which is over time, the trust that he had would give whoever saved the most out of his nieces and nephews more money than the other ones. And so at 21, all of them would get 50 grand. And then at 25, his trust would double whatever they saved. And then again at 30, they double mm-hmm. it again. And then at 35, they double it again. And so by the end of everything, whenever they got the distribution, the final one at 40, Whoever had been able to save the most throughout their lifetime ended up with a huge chunk bigger than the rest of them. And that follows his wishes. Now, you're never going to get that off of a worksheet because nobody asks. You know, whenever he first walked in, he was just thinking, you know, let's give everything to it equally. But whenever I'm sitting there talking to the guy and realizing that his values really stand alone with saving and being thrifty, we're able to get a lot more individualized plan for his family. Now, most people aren't going to do something like that. You know, most of it's going to be to my spouse if she survives me and if not to my kids. And that's fine, too. But we just need to make sure whatever the wishes are, they're really getting carried out. Okay, so let's talk about prep for a minute as as we kind of round this conversation out. For me, I'm going to do what you told me. We're going to head up to the UPS store. We'll get it knocked out and we'll at least have that on file and then, and then maybe we'll read through them again because <laughs> it was like a Saturday <laughs> afternoon conversation, you know, with a bowl of soup looking at the computer. And then we'll go, we'll sit down with you and we'll talk it through. Uh, but whether someone did all that or they just are trying to get ready to have this conversation, um, one, any counsel you might have in, in how to, like, I don't even know what question, I know who I'm going to now because you and I have started to build a little bit of a relationship. But if I didn't, I wouldn't even know what questions to ask to help me figure out, hey, is this the the person, is this the firm I want to engage? So if you have any counsel in that regard, and then even if you know who you're going to go talk with, um, anything that we can do to to help you help us in that early prep. Absolutely. And so the first thing, anytime you're hiring a professional, the questions you always need to ask are first, have you done this before? Um, it's amazing. <laughs> sounds simple enough, you know, but we just assume those things. We forget to ask it. Um, you know, whenever I was younger, I actually had brain surgery and come to find out I was mm. my surgeon's first time ever doing that procedure. And I didn't wow. find out until afterwards. So <laughs> I, I wish that I would have known to ask some of those simple questions whenever I was a little younger, but no, uh, it's a little bit of a joke, but you definitely want to make sure that this isn't their first time that they've done a lot of this work. I would highly suggest working with somebody that does this as their primary focus. Um, Mm. And that's just because uh, you wouldn't come to me for a speeding ticket. You get caught running a stop sign. Don't call me and ask me to represent you because you'll end up doing jail time for that infraction somehow. (laughs) That's just not what I do. And a lot of people don't realize that attorneys don't do everything that other attorneys do. They really got to specialize in different areas of law. And so if you want the best guidance on your estate plan and your business plan, and what your legacy looks like, then working with a firm that focuses on just that versus a focus that's going to do your adoption or your divorce or your speeding tickets or your slip and fall or your car accident, those are just all very different practice areas. So I'd find somebody that just works in what you're trying to do. That's going to be your specialist or your expert in the area. 
And then to your question about what do you prep? Really, you shouldn't have to prep a whole lot. If you're doing this the right way, you shouldn't be filling out more than a page or two of worksheets before you actually talk to somebody. Now, a lot of estate planning firms, they try and do this like boilerplate plan where they literally just take what you fill out on some sheets and fill it into some forms. And that's not a real plan. Um, You know, you can do that yourself. That's what you're doing with the folders that you have now. It works, but it's not something that you should be paying thousands of dollars for. If you're going to really have a plan for your business, for your family, making sure that assets are protected for future generations, you shouldn't have to fill out much more than your name, your wife's name and your kids' names to start with, because it should be a conversation. It shouldn't be something that your attorney's just drafting off of forms. Well, I'm, I'm glad I asked. All right, before we wrap, let's make sure that our listeners know how to get in touch with you or someone on your team if they would like to have a more in-depth conversation or maybe set up uh, one of those uh, initial consults uh, that, that you described. What's the best way for, for our listeners to, to reach out and connect with you? Absolutely. The best way for us is probably starting with a phone call. You can give us a call at 678-250-9355 or find us on the web at nelsoneldercarelaw.com. We have offices in Cherokee County right off Town Lake Parkway, as well as in Marietta off the corner of Dallas Highway and Barrett Parkway. And like we said, you can come in, sit down with us for about 90 minutes free of charge, walk through what you have going on with your business, your estate plan, and it's no pressure. Uh, if we do decide to work together, it's all flat rate. You know what it costs before you walk out that day. But it really gives you the opportunity to come in, sit down, and just see where you're at now versus where you might want to be later. Well, Josh, it has been an absolute delight having you on the show. Thank you so much for, for sharing your, your story with us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Stone. It's been a pleasure. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Josh Nelson with Nelson Elder Care Law and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Cherokee Business Radio. Yeah.